we are here at How to Fail Gracefully. Hopefully you're all at the right place. If you're not, I'm glad to have you here anyway. I'm in the wrong place. I'm <laughs> the object lesson. All right. I'll just read the uh, panel description right quick here. Uh, the panel from Convergence 2017 is back. Everybody makes mistakes sometimes. Uh, maybe you think you've worded something poorly or were misinformed on a topic. And maybe you just didn't think a decision through and something went the wrong way. It happens. But how we react in these situations is what matters most. Everyone can uh, give their name, uh, their pronoun, and what brings them to this panel. Michelle, why don't you start? Okay. Uh, so my name is Michelle. It's uh, her, she, however that goes. And then um, I'm here because I think failure is a really important part of life. You gotta fail in order to learn, and that's what I do all the time. So I'm Rachel, she, her. I'm a serial failure, so I'm here to provide the expertise portion of the panel. <laughs> I'm Kyle, he, him, and I'm really good at messing up. And it has worked out to my advantage in some really weird ways. Uh, Jennifer, uh, she, her. Um, this is like failing was the only thing I felt qualified to talk about. So that's one of <laughs> And my name is Justin. Um, you can use any pronoun for me except for the pronoun it because I am not an inanimate object. I am very animate. Even when I'm sleeping, I move around a bit. So, very animate. And I'm here because it is important to learn from failures and something that we don't talk about enough. Figured, hey, let's bring this back and talk about it some. So, to start us off, if anyone here has a specific failure of theirs that they'd like to uh, mention and what they learned from it and how that was a learning experience, we could start with that, perhaps. I mean, we all learn from mistakes, so. Where what? It's already graceful. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, gracefulness. Sometimes. I the grace down. That is my bag. Mm. Yeah, kind of like Grace Jones, eh? If that's only family that, to me, I'm the sorry. Instead of that, yes. Justin, I'll give the story. Uh, my name is Mark Uncle, and uh, I'm the guest astronomer for the weekend. And I've been trying to build the planetarium for the Twin Cities since 2002. Actually, earlier than that, we started working on this in 1990. And I don't know where some of you were born, even, okay? So we've gone through. Can we guess everything since the old library closed? Yes. <laughs> exactly. So we've gone through economic failures, we've gone through political failures, we've gone through all sorts of things. Um, and I've learned a lot about failure and about success. But one of the big lessons is get my ego out of it. It was huge. Once I got to that point, it was a whole lot easier to deal with idiots in the political realm and then all sorts of other things. But that was a huge lesson to me. They're not a smack in you. Yeah, getting your ego out of it is very important, especially if you want to learn from it and move forwards. It's a great way to get stuck. I 
feel like our entire country failed in, uh, I'm going to say November 2016, <laughs> thereabouts. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that was a thing that happened. Did anybody else feel that? A little bit. When it happened? Yeah, I definitely did. Who had some self-care? I know I did a... I'm going to call it the great unfriending of 2016. <laughs> Did anyone else cope that way? That was the part, that was the time when I failed at being polite on the internet. From then on. I think we all did that. Yeah. I feel personally attacked by this relatable content. I had discovered that I had failed some people by being too polite to them leading up to that infamous day when Rachel caused them to unfriend you. No, that was before we friended each other on Facebook. <laughs> oh, was even. it? Yeah. I started getting people to unfriend me by telling them, um, oh, how do I put this in a not too offensive way? Libertarian is a, libertarianism is a very stupid idea and it doesn't work in a real world. Yes. It's a disease it of the mind. I mean, it works in fantasy and literature, but... Like not in reality. Political philosophies. Unless you're a what book? Unless you're a Terry Good kind book. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it doesn't work there either, but for some reason, people keep buying those books. No accounting for taste in some people. But for me, before then, you know, I'd always bent over backwards to let voices be heard and try to see where they're coming from to the point where no one was actually learning anything and some people were feeling that you know they couldn't be safe around some of the people I knew and that was a huge failure on my part because I want people to be safe you know I want people to also learn sorry we also tangent easily yeah. which is a which is a way to fail yeah yeah you know, it's late, convention I mean, night. I feel like I watched a lot of people, and I'm still watching it, people who failed in choosing friends appropriately, shall we say? What, what about people that choose to moderate dumpster fires? I feel, I feel like me and Justin have some experience in that. I think that's a necessary role. That is a public service. Somebody's got to take one for the team. Burn it all. And I mean, I don't feel like that's failing, per se. Well, how about with imposter syndrome, then? I definitely feel like imposter syndrome got me where I am with my job. So. <laughs> oh, really? It was definitely, yeah. Uh, so for me, one of the things that I really failed at back in college, I actually didn't do anything. I never went out of my way to try to meet people. I never went out of my way to try to get help with classes. I just kind of like silently suffered along and hated every step of the way. And then one year I decided, fuck all that, pardon my language, and decided I'm just going to be a different person. And that actually helped me make some good friends as well as got me a job that I wasn't expecting to get. So it made me step in the right direction. I feel Before like we I go forward. Um, let's just define what imposter syndrome is for those who don't know. Uh, it is a concept describing individuals who are marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments. Um, so a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Maybe good at doing something, you feel that you're not good at it, and therefore you believe that 
you're going to continue being terrible at it and someone will point out that you're actually really bad at the thing that you're good at. So, I'm sorry. So there, was a recent, so there was a recent uh, cartoon of characters introducing a woman. Oh, she's the foremost expert on uh, imposter syndrome. And they, she says, oh, no, not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm certain we've all dealt with imposter syndrome, and you've already started this off, would anybody else like to talk about how they've managed imposter syndrome? Here's something where I fail. I don't really manage imposter syndrome. Uh, I've done a lot of really, if I'm looking at it from the outside, I've done a lot of really awesome things in my life. I've spoken in places that I've never thought I'd go. I've been to the other side of the planet. I've been involved with projects that have made a very real difference in the world. And I haven't done anything. I just showed up to a meeting. I just pitched an idea. And I don't, really see my own accomplishments. Now on the other hand, if somebody else did those, those same things, oh my god, that is the coolest thing ever. You are so amazing. You're just destined. But I don't know. It's And I feel like this might be a good point to, to point out where failure could happen and as far as handling it gracefully. Um, in all honesty, I signed up for this panel. Like, hey, that sounds kind of cool. And I'm I recently went through a string of failures in some credentialing exams, and I, I just wrapped up um, my third semester at Dunwoody in computer networking. I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take some exams. I took my A-plus exam a year and a half ago. I took both exams the same day. I passed on the first try, and I went in thinking, you know what, the next exam will be perfect. I'll take Network Plus. I'll take... Um, the first part of the CCNA, I'll take these Microsoft exams, and I failed every single one. Then I went back, and I took two of them again, and failed them again. Yep, It was humbling. And taking the ego out of it, and looking at it merely as, there's growth to be had here. It's not so much, it's a failure, although it's so much money. Um, but so there's the chance to grow. You feel like now you understand where you need to learn what you need to learn. Yep, I definitely yeah. understand that, and I know that just because I was smart, well, okay, that's not the right word. Mm -hmm. Just because I was Capable. bold and kind of reckless and succeeded last time doesn't mean I'm going to every time. Um, bravado is not a substitute for preparation. <laughs> but like also, for-profit colleges can suck my balls. Yeah, no, fuck for Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Done what he's not profit. Oh, are they? Yeah. All right, then. But still. Trade schools. Saying. It's a good thing that exists. They just. And I can go back. If we're talking about people who fail, trade schools. So I'm in a program that has a 100% placement rate in field within six months. I The trade school I went to is. Went out of business. Yeah, then that yeah. sucks. And the reason that my program exists, because NEI went out of business and was absorbed into Dunwoody. So Well see, so you know, you're you're reaping the, the harvest of someone else's fail. It's good though. Yeah. Make a well sunshine. Dunwoody, I'm really bad at Dunwoody, this. Sorry. Dunwoody is the is the premier uh, uh, 
trade school in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. It has the longest. It has the longest history, and I never, I never went there, but I can tell you, it, it is. It's been, it's been there since before most of the rest of you were born, mm -hmm. and it has the best reputation. I just found out recently, again, going off on a tangent, Dunwoody was founded as a, to provide an education and a trade to anybody for free. Right. Yep. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Too bad we don't do that as a society that, anymore. Yeah, that's not how it works anymore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? What was the question that I asked that started this again? But anyway, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because it's so easy in school to to take to take things that are easy, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and you go through them and you feel like, oh, I'm I'm really succeeding, but you're not really doing much until you hit something that's hard. Yep. Would anybody else like to uh, speak about their dealings with imposter syndrome before we move forwards? Um, I always have. I think this qualifies. I always have where you know I always think I'm not smart <laughs> like you know I'll feel dumb or I'll feel like I don't know as much as I think I do you know like I don't know as much as other people talking or something so I let myself get kind of pushed out of conversations and stuff like that because um, you know everybody must be way smarter than I am and now I don't want to talk so I haven't quite found a graceful way around that yet though <laughs> yeah that that is very difficult. But there are ways to um, deal with imposter syndrome. Uh, has anybody here really found a way that is useful for them, at least, to uh, deal with imposter syndrome? Run screaming into the night. <laughs> okay, so a little over a year ago, mm -hmm. I was in the middle of a divorce. Yay! And at this. This side of the room knows my ex. <laughs> but uh, at the same time I was doing that, the uh, business that I was working for said, hey, I'm moving to Oregon. I don't want to run this business anymore. Do you want it? And I said, fuck do I know about running a business? I don't even have a college degree. And uh, the person who owns the business said, you got this? You know how to do all the things. You deserve something good to happen to you. You can do this. I own a business now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's a tech business. So when I go show up to uh, I fix or repair cell phones, Shatterbuggy.com. If you broke your own phone, <laughs> call me. But uh, I mean, I get I look like I look like this, and dudes are like, "Are you sure you know what you're doing?" Yes. I super do know what I'm doing. I'm actually really good at it. You know, and I'm like, yes, you know what? I am going, I bought pink toolboxes. I I am a girl. I wear as much makeup as I feel like, and I will fix your iPhone in seven minutes. Like, pretty much the way I deal with imposter syndrome is with two middle fingers raised high. Say like, you know what? I can do this. What steps, did you, what steps did you take to uh, come to that realization? Pretty much it's uh, do or die. That's what I say. I'm like, I can freak out and say, oh, I don't know how to do this. Oh, I need someone to hold my hand. Or I 
can pay this my rent this month. And also, I know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm doing, and uh, I am highly motivated by spite, which anyone who is my Facebook friend <laughs> might possibly know about. Take things that people might think as a negative and use it for fuel. I will admit, you know, I've seen a bit of that. Oil is a toxic thing, but you know what it does? It's fuel. So toxic emotions are fuel. So use them for fuel. There's two hands up over here. Let's <laughs> talk about essential oils. Uh, yes. Boy, do I have a business opportunity for fuel? <laughs> Inbox me, hon. So like a genuine way to that I dealt with it is uh, asking for like honest, candid feedback mm -hmm. from people in the field that you're, that is relevant, that you're like dealing with, um, whose abilities you respect a lot, or work with you and know, um, if you can, I mean, a lot of times it'll come in the form of like your yearly review or something, or, or if you don't have something like that, just asking, hey, <laughs> I, I want to like, you, I mean, you don't have to tell them you have an imposter syndrome, you know, you don't need to tell them like, hey, I think I'm a piece of shit and I'm not good enough for this job, but like, being like, hey, I, I'm, I'm looking for ways to improve or to kind of gauge how I'm doing, can you give me some like, real feedback, don't worry about hurting my feelings, or like, anything like that, just tell me, tell me how I'm doing. So one thing I found really interesting with imposter syndrome is that a lot of people relate it to like job success. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the place that it comes up most often where people feel inadequate for their positions, whatever it might be. But it's never, it doesn't usually come up when people talk about like, am I adequate for my friends? Do I deserve the people that I'm with? Or stuff like that. Well, it makes sense. The things that people pay you for and make your living that you'd be more right. focused on. Well, I also think it's something people are more willing to talk about. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I like the opposite. Like, I know I kick ass at work, but anytime I'm in a social situation, that's when the meltdown comes. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like... Like, uh... Reverse. Anxiety feeling it? Probably. One of the things that I deal with on a daily basis myself is anxiety. And I find for me that it impedes my ability to ask for honest feedback. Um, partially because I'm afraid that I won't get honest feedback, either because someone is afraid of disappointing me or making me feel worse, or uh, you know, social standards that are well, dumb. Um, but I'm afraid I will get honest feedback. Yeah, that is... Does, does anybody sympathize <laughs> with that one? Yeah. But I feel like if you're already your biggest critic, whatever they say cannot match up to whatever you're thinking already. <laughs> I thought that once. I don't know. I mean, I suck a lot. I, I, there isn't a floor to where I think people will say things. Well. Saying. Mm. 
I mean, my masochism has unplumbed depth. Lord. So if the risk of saying something insensitive, I bet Justin has things said to him that none of the rest of us have said to him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Most likely. Because of the obvious. Yeah. For those who will be hearing a recording instead of, you know, being here live, I am the one person here who is African-American that adds uh, extra dynamic because I tend to have to work extra hard to be seen as um, equal, professionally equal to others around me. And it does provide some fun problems, let's just say. No, it's not fun. I'm friends with you, I see what happens. Yeah, the first time I try to get a promotion and my first corporate job at a place that no longer exists because technology has made it irrelevant, Hollywood video. I used to work for a video store. I had to deal with manager. The first manager I tried to get a promotion from would keep giving me new criteria to meet so that I would meet what he wanted. And then he would hire on someone else to be assistant manager. And I would try to model what I was doing off of his new hires, which was a mistake because his new hires kept getting fired. So I didn't actually ever improve any. And it took the next manager who replaced that manager getting fired for me to realize that I really shouldn't be taking uh, a feeling of incompetence and actually being incompetent and equating them. I should be realizing that they are two separate things. You know, if I feel incompetent and I'm being told I'm incompetent by someone who's incompetent, that doesn't mean that I'm actually incompetent. I need to go and find other people to, to check in with for that criteria. You know, in my case, at that point in time was managers from other stores, the other assistant managers, the district managers. The location I worked at had all the offices for the entire region in the basement. So I had access to three district managers and a regional manager. So um, what I should have done at the time, instead of equating feeling incompetent and being incompetent, is seeking other people to check the criteria against and trying to get uh, honest feedback from more perspectives. Took a while to learn that, but. That's totally a thing. That was the job that I quit before I did what I do now. They promised me every promotion. They got, they worked me to the bone. Basically like, oh, well, the next promotion is gonna be for you. Like, here's some managerial duties. Like, if you learn these and do them, then the next promotion that comes up That'll look good for you. You should totally do those. Oh, hey, we're going to promote this 18-year-old stoner that doesn't know anything who has worked here for four months and that you trained. Do that position you applied for. Thanks for uh, thanks for all your work. Uh, could you just go ahead and do three people's jobs while we're at it? Yeah. It was super so, gross. They struck me along. Let me guess, let me guess. The, the hidden criteria for promotion was being a white male. Uh, no, the hidden criteria for promotion was someone who worked there less long than me, who didn't have benefits and made as much money an hour right. as me. You were too expensive. 
they were, oh, I had benefits and they were getting all this work out of me for, you know, twelve fifty an hour. And, you know, they could promote some stoner 18-year-old kid who just started, who didn't know about all that, to do all that while I was still doing all that, while they were stringing me out along. I was being so used. You know, after about the fifth time, I finally got smart after one of the managers put hands on me and used to praise me by going, good girl. Oh, God. So finally, after they passed me over to the last promotion, I was like, you know what? That's fine. You know what? Fine. I'm done. I'm just going to pick a random job up Craigslist. Whatever it is, it's got to be better than this. And uh, turned out it was. Is that your, was that your current job? It is, yeah. Someone said, hey, well trained, don't need experience. I had an injury. I was super high on pain pills. And I texted him back and I said, Hey, I don't know how to do this thing, but here are the things I do know how to do that I think would apply to this. You should hire me. I'm ready. He called me back. We had a chat for about a half an hour, and it worked. I own a business now. I worked for him about a year or two. I used to cry when he would ask for suggestions, and I'd tell him stuff, and he would actually do them. And instead of being like, well, I got to put this through corporate and I'm going to do nothing and promote this kid that's younger than you, he'd be like, you know what? That's a good idea. We're going to do that. And I was like, God, what kind of people did you work for before? I know a guy, I know a guy that had a job interview and he said, why should we hire you? And he said, because I'll show up every day. And they hired somebody else. And a week later, they called them back. Hey, the guy we hired didn't show up. <laughs> like... Are you busy? I'm like, well, let me see. Did you learn your lesson? What did, what did we wow. learn? And there's somebody else who failed gracefully. That's amazing. Right? I have never heard of that before. It's, it's rare, but it exists. <laughs> yeah. There's another strategy for dealing with imposter syndrome and, well, dealing with failure in general is uh, keeping track of the compliments you receive about what it is that you do, you know, professionally, personally, and then using that to weigh against the times that you do fail. Anybody here have uh, any experience, perhaps, with remembering, you know, people have said X, Y, and Z about me, so I can (laughs) move forwards from this? I don't think I really understood my worth, at least in a working position, until I started working, surprisingly enough, for St. Paul Public Schools. Um, as soon as I started working over at the Como Planetarium, I just had such an amazing supervisor that really understood my worth in my position better than I did, and he kept giving me new tasks to do, more administrative stuff, more planning. Eventually, I was the one planning the events entirely posted for like 300 kids uh, instead of him doing anything. He wouldn't even touch it because he he knew that I had better control of that than he did. So that's one way that I kind of learned to deal with it through other people, through meeting amazing people. That really kind of helped me figure out my worth a little bit better. Uh, How about using communication to uh, to meet with your peers and find out how they feel about you, about how you're doing? You know, perhaps use it to fight back against the anxiety that comes with failure. And then I'd have to talk to people. Yeah, talking to people is not easy, especially when one has anxiety. 
I'm on two medications for it, so. You can't make your own neurotransmitters. Store-bought is fine. Yeah. Thank you, Ina Garden. You're my Patronus. All right, so um, getting back to um, failing gracefully. Uh, there are some behaviors that can be put uh, used to dealing with imposter syndrome. Uh, perhaps if anyone's used any of these behaviors to help them deal with it in their lives, I uh, could talk about each one. Uh, one listed behavior is diligence. Uh, gifted people often work hard to, in order to prevent people from discovering that they are imposters. Uh, this hard work often leads to more praise and success, which perpetuates the imposter feelings and fears of being found out. Uh, has anybody here used diligence, though, to uh, remind themselves that they are not actually failures at what they do, that they are doing well because they are so diligent with what they're doing? Unsuccessfully, honestly. That's how I got through my last year of college. <laughs> I was just being diligent and kind of imposturing my imposter syndrome and just going in the opposite direction. How meta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I used when, and I had it used against me, you know, because I was being as diligent as possible, and it was always, well, that's not quite enough. Well, that's not quite enough. You know, that is a way to beat yourself out. Not saying that doesn't work for everybody, but there are situations in which that can be used against you. So that's one of those, you need to do some self-examination in conjunction with it if you're going to do it. And if you suck at that like me, you're gonna have a bad time. But mm. for me, I it gave me the possibility to, to start taking risks that I wouldn't have before. It was pretty much, uh, my entire attitude was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Because otherwise, what's the chance I'll get this opportunity again? Now see, that's, that's the right way to do it. That's mm -hmm. how I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Feeling of being phony, uh, overcoming that, so knowing that the feeling of being fake is just a feeling and looking for evidence of competence or checking in with others for the evidence of competence so that they know that the imposter syndrome is just a syndrome and not the actual being an imposter. This is where spite comes into play. Mmm, spite is a powerful motivator. It super is. Yeah, that's... All the positive changes in my life have been motivated by spite. That's how I quit smoking. That's how I got divorced from the abusive person I was married to. That's how I quit the shitty job where I was being exploited. I mean, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them all. It's a super powerful thing if you actually follow through on it. Like, yeah. that's like a crappy, like, cartoon villain motivation. But you can make it work for you. There's a reason that it's a trope. I mean, there's a reason when I quit my job, the person that was my immediate supervisor got demoted, and there was a 93% turnover that year. Mmm. <laughs> Delicious turnover. That was a 1,000% spite. Yeah. There's a way to make that work for you. You guys just gotta channel that. I see a hand up over here. Yeah. Um, so, I wanna bring it back to like the actual failing gracefully topic aside from the oh yes and so like just trying to start getting us back into that conversation I can like give 
It's very good. Well, thank you. It's a good chart. So let's make certain to stick on failing gracefully for the rest of the panel because we have like five or so minutes left. It's 9.45. Thank you for sharing that. That was a fabulous example. And yeah, I have not been doing well thinking of examples myself, so I appreciate that. Came to me like ten minutes ago. I was like, oh shit, that's like a, that's like exactly what this is about. Yeah, I have a very so recent, good. recent example. Yes, yeah, so I remember that. That was a, that was a, that was a fun thing. Right? There were certainly some examples on the thread of people doing the not graceful. Out of curiosity, where was this thread? I kind of want to check it out. Oh, who's posting? Was that, I think, I think it, it was on Hollywood. It was a post, was it was a post about if, well, if white people should have dreadlocks. Mm. So I'm, I'm sure you have feelings about that. Yes and no, but let's well, save that for another night. It was, it was a real fun, I think I have screen caps that I'll send you later if I'm sober. Remind me, okay? Okay. I'm sure you like but it. Another thing, like, because I saw that whole thread, is I think another theme with the failing gracefully um, that needs to happen and is like woefully inadequate in culture right now is personal responsibility for its actions. And I think Jen did a really yeah. 
Like she took responsibility right there. Yeah, see there was a dichotomy. There was a dichotomy on that thread because there was Jen who said, oh shit, let me do some research and learn. And there were other people on that thread that said, well, I just think this and I'm not gonna do any research and here's what I think. And it got, it went about how you think it would go. So it was like a super high contrast example of how to fail gracefully and how to fail so that people unfriend you. Mm. So it was a, it was, a it was good times. But contrast wise, it was, it was a matter of, there was, it was a really good example of this because it was someone who made a comment and then someone said, well, no, that's incorrect because here, here's some links. And the person went, oh, thank you for pointing that out. Let me go look some stuff up. Thank you, okay, all right, yes, okay, this is good, all right, I've learned a thing from this, this is good. And it was a super contrast because someone else on the thread was, well, I'm gonna double down, I'm not gonna do any research, here's my feelings, and I know nothing about this, and I'm just gonna piss everyone off by sticking on it. And it doesn't matter how anyone else feels about it, because, because why do you research yeah. when you yeah. feelings is bad. So it was mm -hmm. a good example of like, how to fail gracefully is when someone points out you're wrong, you taking a little of your time and instead of asking someone else to do the emotional labor of educating you, you take some time and educate yourself and say, and then admit when you like, well, you know what? Okay, my initial assumption is wrong. I've looked into it. Now I figure out something else. Thank you. This is good. And now in the future when someone else is fucking up, I'll be the one going in there saying that to spare other people from having to take the emotional labor of that because they're probably really sick of it if we know them because we super, super are. To get back on topic a little bit, uh, it seems a lot like what comes with being graceful in a failure is taking responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. That for sure definitely helps instead of trying to lay the blame somewhere else or try to divert that attention to actually just kind of own up to it if it's your own failure and accept however it works yeah. or whatever the consequences might be. And I think it is a very human thing to get defensive mm -hmm. when we fail mm -hmm. or... Totally. Yeah. But part of growing from that is not getting defensive and realizing that most of the time it's not... It's not about you or it's not about you in the way that you're thinking. That's the biggest thing is... I think that's the biggest takeaway is it's not about you. I wish I could like yeah. so and, like throw it into the sky. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cross stitch it. that. This is on the list now. It's not about you. Make the cross stitch several miles wide and long so that we could just hang it up from the sky and let everyone see it. Just have a permanent sky right. Yes. Yeah, it's that fun. So many people are. Well, but but not all. Fill in your demographic group here. Mm -hmm. Well, also not just that, but like also, like not everything is just about you. Like right? it, from both ends, like it's not about you as in you're not personally being vilified here, but also it's not all about you as in like other people freaking matter. Like your world isn't just revolving around yeah. you. You and your feelings are like. This important, and like the literally entire world is like everything that doesn't fit in this. And that's like so, so much. This isn't very big at all. 
like it can only see like one of you when I do this. Yeah. And it's you, Jen. It's really pretty. <laughs> You're welcome. You can frame that one. The time is now uh, 10 till, which means we should be wrapping this up. Um, before we do, I'm just going to list off five ways that I have listed here to fail gracefully. One, take it all in. Two, ask why. Three, make the change. Four, find the silver lining. And five, allow grace. So pretty much, first one, everything that was being talked about now with just this uh, uh, dreadlocks scenario. Ask why. Um, reflect on why things went out of control there. Uh, make the change. Once you come to terms with the fact that a failure has happened, take the steps needed to make this change happen. Uh, step four, find the silver lining. You know, see where the lesson in all this is. And then five, allow grace. Accept that, you know, we all are imperfect. And embrace that, yes, we are imperfect, but we are learning and are willing to keep moving forwards and keep moving upwards. Anybody want to add to that? Any last minute questions? All right, well then, that is officially all the time that we have, as the panel should have ended a couple minutes ago here. Uh, thank you all for coming. Do you mean we failed on the timing aspect? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, it but you know. Well, it may get graceful if I do this. We failed at timing, <laughs> we failed at a proper size table, Definitely. we failed at saying a topic. <laughs> on the bright side, we're on the next panel here, so yes. we'll just cutting, we're just cutting to our own time. So, have a good night, everybody. Feel free to stick around for the next panel. <laughs>